Good evening and welcome to Geek Card, right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your hosts of Geek Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome to Geek Card, where it's a night of fast cars and Métis filmmakers. I'm your host, Andrew Young. With me, as always, is Mr. Green. Hey, 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 hey. We got to work on the reverb there. There's uh, <laughs> either that or Green's broken. I'm not sure. It's one or the other. Maybe not, a bit of I, both. I'm not very fast tonight. As opposed to the lightning speed you work at on every other show. Buddy. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that means tonight you're going to get a lot of uh, stalling. It might sound like our sound has been cut, but we're really just waiting for a response from Green. That's what it is. So if you hear any of that tonight, that's all Green. Green is working on the slow-mo, which is, you know, usually he said it slow. Tonight he's at slow-mo. Yeah, you know, next week it'll be slow mo mo. You never know. Yeah, I'm not even in first gear. I'm in like 0.5 gear. First gear, it's all right. Second gear, hang on tight. Third gear, out of sight. Green, not even at first gear. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Let's this keep that sounds, car motif going. All we are long. off to a rocking start. Engines are fa- revved. Exactly on this fast-paced episode of Geek Car, coming in hot. Of course. Tonight, we are giving our review of Fast 10 or Fast (laughs) X or Fast 10 Part 1 or Fast X Part 1 or the penultimate Fast, maybe, uh, on the show tonight. But to even it out, we're going to have some interesting interviews with some directors. Uh, Later on the program, we're talking to uh, director Sam Carney. Uh, about his new show, Nation Untamed, which is coming to APTN, uh, debuting on May 27th. It's an exploration of not only the great lands throughout North America, but also uh, various indigenous cultures. Uh, It's about uh, the filmmaker connecting with his Métis roots and learning about living off the land. And so we're going to be talking with him about that later. We're also going to be talking with, in a few minutes, Berkeley Brady, who... uh, has a new horror film, which has just come out. It's playing now in Canadian theaters, uh, and that is Dark Nature. We're going to be talking to her about that in just a few moments. And at some point, Mr. Green's going to wake up. Might be after the show. You never know. You never know. It's a fun surprise for us all on this great, fast-paced, nonstop edition of Geek Hard. And right now with that, we're going to take a commercial break when we come back, we'll be talking to Berkeley Brady and more right here, Geek Card, we are Radio 101. Hey, everybody, Jimmy the Short Order Cook here. Asking you, what's better than listening to Geek Hard? Answer, listen to Geek Hard while wearing a Geek Hard t-shirt. And there's a place you can get them. 
at tpublic.com slash user slash geekard. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got geekard shirts. We got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt. Hell, we got a back issue bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geekard. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here for the keen listener. Keen listener out there. You might recognize the music from the show because it's uh, from a month ago. Because we had some problems with audio files for what we were supposed to play tonight. So we abandoned those files to play it safe um, because we don't want things to go bad. So you're going to get to hear music from a month ago again. But oddly enough, that track does fit with the next segment. <laughs> so maybe it might be amazing that all of them will match what we need for the segments. And that that'll be an amazing time. Letting you in a little behind the scenes here on Geek Art. If you enjoy hearing about this great behind the scenes information about Geek Card, <laughs> and you're like, man, I wish I had more in my life, there's a place you can go, and that's Geek Card at patreon.com slash geekard. Go there, sign up, become a Geek Cardigan, and you'll be helping us out. But you'll also be getting cool, exclusive access to early access to podcasts and exclusive content like the uh, long-running Extra Hard series that Mr. Green has done where he's talked about movies, television, actors, directors, and more with this plethora of special guests and also the pilot for our January Men podcast, a uh, deep dive introspective on classic, possibly polarizing films. Not polarizing in the sense of like, ooh, content, but more polarizing in the, God, I hate that movie. God, I love that movie kind of feel so you can definitely take a listen to all that and more by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash geek heart and that great green absolutely is uh and there is an extra hard in the works right now right well hey 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 when you're ready no you no wanna, you really want to okay you want to tease okay no okay. no i'm just saying it's it's in the works it's just that uh, you know, obviously, if you know, a few weeks ago when I got, uh, when I got ill, uh, you know, things kind of went up in the air and so getting back into the groove of things and getting people's uh, schedules as we move into the summer, cause it's that time of year, you know, yeah. long weekends and whatnot, at least here for us in Canada, it's a long weekend this weekend, uh, uh and next, then weekend, next for, weekend it's for the, the Americans. US, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, so that's, that is coming. I'm excited for that one. It's going to be, uh, it's a, it's a two guester. It's a two guester. Two guester. Yes. It's exciting. I needed I needed the double your fun, double your pleasure on on that one, just because of the specific topic that because it's be. it's it, let me guess I'm gonna guess it's Robert De Niro and Sebastian Maniscalco. They're on to talk about <laughs> yeah. about my father. It's yeah. so exclusive. We put it on the Patreon, right? Is that that's that that is exactly that's it. it. Yeah. I knew it. I knew yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but yes. <laughs> 
All right. Fantastic. So if you want to find out who the special guests are, you definitely want to become a patron, patreon.com slash geek Now let's get into the show tonight. Of course, yes. throughout the evening, if you want to send us an email, you can email us at uh, geekcardshow at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, you can tell us about what you thought of the movie, ask questions to our guests, ask questions to us. Just say, hey, we'd love to hear from you. Geekardshow at gmail.com. So let's get into our first guest this evening. She is a filmmaker based in Calgary. Her debut feature, Dark Nature, is now in select cinemas and is a of the horror variety. It uh, played last year at uh, Fantasia 2022, and we're very happy to have her with us tonight. Please welcome to the program, Berkeley Brady. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you doing tonight? Great. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so Dark Nature, it's, uh, it's now playing. And uh, a real, it is not, it's not just your typical horror. It's like, it's, a, it's got the deep psychological kind of introspection, dealing with trauma. And then, you know, dealing with trauma is hard enough. It's bad that, you know, you get into that situation and then suddenly you've got to deal with a horror in the woods. So uh, tell us a bit about how this story came together and what it's all about. Well, I think, you know, what they go through in the woods is a nice metaphor for dealing with trauma. Like it is yeah. really hard. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to see your friends go through it. It's hard to go through this traumas collectively. And, and I think sometimes there's this idea of like, oh, well, this person just realizes something there is wrong. They can go get help and get better. It's like, yeah, but what does that look like? What yeah. does that feel like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot of steps there. It's not like, yeah, it's unfortunate. A lot of movies that do deal with trauma show that the person realizing they have the trauma. And then we kind of jump cut to, I've got through this treatment process. It doesn't, doesn't matter that it's actually probably been years of going yeah. through that treatment process, but we got to the end. But here, yeah, it's like yeah. there's definitely, you know, you got to deal with a lot of demons. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, decide still who you want to be and what kind of friend you want to be. And um, all those things are hard things. But I think going through hard things also really shows you what you're made of at times. And I think that my main character really does come to the side where she's like, you know, I just need to focus on what's happening here. And it's really hard. But I'm, she makes some decisions throughout the film that I don't think she would have made without going through everything they go through. Yeah. I, you know, Berkeley, I got to say, like, obviously, you know, you watch it, you know, and, you know, as we're already talking about, like dealing with trauma and PTSD and, you know, and all those other things that come along with various traumas that people in, endure, putting it into a, you know, a, a, a horror story like this. But honestly, you putting it in the woods, like, no, it's just it's that's a bridge to like, I am. I'm sorry, but you know, it, it's very lovely film and everything like that. I'm a I am an anti woods kind of person. That was like that. That was <laughs> You just need if, you, if nothing else happened in this film, just showing the trees was enough. Well, <laughs> Green is trying to pave the world. Yes. He doesn't like. He doesn't like. You know, they say go out and touch grass. He's like, no, <laughs> concrete. It's all concrete and asphalt. No, um, I appreciate the woods and all that. I just, I just don't need to be in it. You know. Um, but no, I, I'm just wondering though, like you know, because obviously the woods is an unforgiving uh environment you know it's not a studio set it's you know it's not apartments it's not you know anything like uh you know cityscapes working in that kind of environment with the cast and crew like what was that like for you guys working on that like did that 
give that extra layer of authenticity and everything that, you know, for what all the characters are going through? I think so. I, I hope so. We really worked hard to get out there in order for the actors to have the feeling that they were out in the middle of nowhere, which, you know, they kind of were. We had our trailers and we had circus and we did try to, We I wanted to always feel like we could get shots that would have no one in them aside from our actors. So there's an amazing, amazing park near my house, actually, in Calgary called Fish Creek Park. I think it's the biggest urban park. There's areas of the forest there that feel very similar, and we could have shot there. But you still hear the traffic. You still hear, like, the um, train go by. And I was like, I don't I don't know. Let's just, I want the real sounds. I want the real feel. And there's, like, a cleanness there. And um, so we, we went there, and... Always parking near the road as well. That made a big difference. So we always made sure there was like road access close by. There's only two places we went. Well, three places we went where we had to just really hike stuff in, which is, of course, just grueling for everybody. And really, it's just it's just tough. You know, it's just really hard labor for everybody. It's walking, it's carrying, it's long days. Um, so getting out there was really nice. Sorry, my baby just woke up and is crying. <laughs> That's okay. I thought you would keep napping. Husband, husband. Our child needs you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, but uh, but yeah, with with this film, not only in there in the woods, but like there's some like some really like like these these women have to get dirty. Like there's parts where you guys are submerged in water under like trees and rocks and things like that. I know that that was that was something that you actually went out to those locations and shot basically shot footage of it to show, well, I was here, I was actually down there and this, this is what it looks like yeah. to give them, get them ready for what they were going to be going through. Right. Yeah. And I think the water was the thing that um, the actors felt the most concerned about. Mm-hmm. And so we actually put a big part of our costume budget into custom wetsuits for them. So they're like skin colored wetsuits for costume designer, Jen Crichton. She, um, was the head of all of that. She knew where to go in Vancouver, where they really make a totally custom wetsuit for your body and it goes under the clothes. Nice. So, you know, we tried our best to make it comfortable for them there, but it is just freezing cold water. Like it's like slurpy head rush cold when you put your head under. So when they go under and have to do that mentally, oh, I almost think it was harder leading up to it. They knew it was happening the next day, then it's happening that day. Okay. They're gearing up, they're gearing up. And, um, the other thing about those wetsuits is they're very hard to get on and off. So the okay. peeing situation, once you're in there. Oh, yeah. That's... Like, and at one point I was like, at first they were like taking breaks and taking a while to go. And then at some point when they were really just in there, I was kind of like, hmm, none of them have taken a pee break for a long time. And I look at they're kind of just all huddled like, eh. <laughs> you know, we're in the water. Exactly, exactly. It's the old classic, well, I don't want to get out of the pool kind of situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I got that ink in the pool, so they all got the red. There you go, yeah, yeah. I knew who did it. <laughs> oh, we got an email in from George Jen who says, Geeks, Green hates the woods? Where does he raise all of his deer meat for Mr. Green's tasty meats? That's a good question, Green. <laughs> Because I know you do have the venison portion of the menu, so that's uh... well. That's that's what you have farmers for. You get professionals, which I firmly believe in. You get professionals, you you know, and you properly pay them to you know raise the, the raise the uh, the your various... deer farms. Okay, yeah, yeah you can <laughs> yeah. have deer farms, man. Like what is <laughs> you know, like come Ooh. on. George goes on to say, love Berkeley, oh, and 
Also, uh, in in a review of uh, the film we got re- the film review we're doing upcoming, <laughs> Fast Ten is an eight plus. Then, hey to the old man. Hey, how's it going there? Hope you're having a good day. Oh, look, he says right after that, happy long weekend. That's nice, right? Yeah, that that's nice, old man. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> hey there to you, George. Hope you're having a great night. And so, yeah, thank you very much, George, for writing in. Awesome. George, I love you. Thank you. There we go. There's a lot of love here, which is good, which is very different (laughs) from what's going on in the movie. There's a lot of pain. Um, But there's love, too. There was love, too. Support. Yes, there was love and support. It's a platonic love story in many ways. Yeah, that's right. That is true. And I know that to prepare uh, the actors psychologically, you guys actually did do a sit down with a a psychologist and as their characters, right? And go through the process. Yeah. yeah. So everyone except for the character of Joy, because she wouldn't have been in the group, I gave Hannah the option as an actor, like, do you want to come in just to experience the psychologist and get in the groove? And she was like, I don't think so. Like, I think it's better if I'm out because I'm the outsider to this group. Right. And that was incredible. And honestly, like, I really tried. It was very last minute, like, to when we finally had confirmed the doctor and all these things. I really wish we could have filmed that and filmed it properly because mm. the ladies had brought and worked on their characters so much. They brought so much backstory. There was so much dynamic. There were fights. There were tears. There were moments where I was like, ooh, well, that's tense. Like, <laughs> you know, and so even though we didn't get to put that in the film, which I really wish we had the time to have really recreated it, um, we just didn't. But knowing that we had a touch point and the actors had a touch point for their dynamic and their they had an undercurrent there in all of their relationships which I think does come through in a really nice way and that was just one day we did that so I'm like oh I have a more rehearsal budget one day I really want to have that time with them to build and build and build yeah yeah Uh, you know like looking at the story um I'm just wondering, like, as you move forward, you know, it's your next projects, you know, and like and down the road as you go, it, you know, is this kind of like personal take on, on, you know, on, on how deep these characters get? Is that something that you, you, you know, you'd like to explore more or is this like, you know, is this just a story that uh, really spoke to you at this time? I think well, that's a really great question. And I think we all have the ways we'd love to work if we're able. <laughs> right. Um, so my ideal would be, um, you know, the director, Mike Lee, I know he comes with an outline, he picks his cast and of course it's Mike Lee. So he gets the best actors and then they'll workshop his outline. And I think they do things like I've read from them. that's like, they've just bring in so many things from other people they've observed. So if you're like, Oh, I know a person like this. Okay. What does she do? What does she talk like? What are the weird little things about her? Oh, it's like that. And that reminds me of this other person. So they'll bring like all of these observations, these actor build their character, work on the scenes, and then he'll take that and make the script that then they is set and then they shoot that script. To me, that would be ideal because I really want to know what the actors think. I really want to know what they think their character would do. Um, I think they're the one embodying that person. We've cast them, obviously, through conversations, things that they can relate to. Like, I just think to be a good actor, too, you have to be a really intelligent person. So, of course, they want to know what they think. And so to have that time to, like, work with them at the height of what they can offer, but then also have that chance to go and then kind of dramaturge it myself, that would be my ideal. So any producer out there, if you like this process, give me a call. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. With that, because, again, I know you guys had a limited 
number of days to shoot this. When yeah. you were out there in the woods, was there time to like say maybe with a particular scene, if an actor felt very strongly about maybe I should say this, was there that kind of leeway? I know with a short amount of time, you can't always do that, but were you able to work any of that in here? We were, yeah. There were some things that we did, um, especially Roseanne. She was, uh, she plays Shayna, the character Shayna from the army. And she's very, um, she's grown up in front of the camera. She, I think, started acting in her like early preteen kind of days. And so she's just so comfortable with the camera and understands film acting so well that she was very comfortable to be like, I kind of want to say this. I'm like, say that. Or she's like, oh, this reminds me, I'd say this in Cree. Like, this is what we'd say. I was like, I love that. Say that. Like, let's, let's do it. Um, and then with, um, I remember I was doing a scene with Hannah and um, Helen, who play Joy and Tara. And there, I just never really liked how I wrote that scene. I just felt like, it was sort of touch and go. So I was like, okay, um, we got to fix how that, what, why, what's the logic of that? Like, could you just like feel like, it was just like too much freestyle and it was not mm. enough time. And then after Hannah was like, I don't really want to do it like that. I was like, I think you're a hundred percent right. Like <laughs> that's my bad. And let's, we won't, we won't do that again until we totally have what's on the page. So you, you are very open then, you know, obviously what you were describing in your, your previous answer, uh, you know, and what that, and what you're just saying there, like you're, you are open to that process, that kind of, you know, really collaborative process, you know, yeah. to what you're describing to get that, you know, cause you know, I, I like that. Cause you know, as, even as the creator, you might not have the same viewpoint as the, those actors who are in, inhabiting those characters. Yeah, exactly. And I'm seeing as they're working, like what feels more authentic to them. And what they can make more of their voice. And then there's some things where I didn't want to change. And I was like, nope, we're getting that line as it is because I want to have that in the edit. Mm -hmm. So, um, but to me, the ideal would always be to have that extra room. There's that scene where they go pee in the forest. Um, The ad-libbing there that they did. Like I could watch that footage. I wish we could have put like a 20 minute section of that in there. <laughs> if we uh, could have a 20 minute section of going pee in the movie, that would have been right, great. Right. <laughs> Just to make up for all the time. We like never see women go pee. You see guys. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna take, I got to rip the lake or this. And you're just like, okay, he's peeing. And we need to make up for some time. But like Madison and Hannah, like they were just dropping the funniest lines like I couldn't believe it it was so so funny so it was really sad to to cut those out but that was one where I had a very very specific shot design because I knew very much like I want to go from her looking at her to her looking at her and wider and there's the monster looking at them so it was just very I was just so clear on that scene what shots I wanted was very doable and then when we were in position was like go to town and they did there you go. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. When, of course, with this film, yeah, there is the monster stalking them in the woods. But uh, you guys had a, a visitor on set uh, <laughs> while you were filming that some might see as a monster. Uh, a grizzly showed up while you guys are filming, right? Fat bastard. Yes. <laughs> the woods. This is the woods right here. This is the problem. 
This is everything you feared. Yeah. Yes, it is. Honestly, I'd way rather be around the Grizzly than be there at 4 a.m. when it's like minus 10 and you want to just like sit down and there's you just have to stand. And it was just like that was way harder for me. But um, yes, we did. We had a grizzly bear one day. What scene was that we were shooting? I think when they get to their second campsite, it was around that area. Mm. And at lunchtime, we saw him away up on this ridge. We're like, oh my gosh, the bear. Everyone's like, oh, take a picture. Then he starts like coming down the path. (laughs) Other ridge. We're like, dude, like we are in his home. I don't forget that. Like we are the visitors. And I feel like, I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. We've just brought all this like do you know about bears smell they could smell if you had a donut one kilometer away the bear can smell the donut oh my gosh actually green's the same way one kilometer away green can smell the donut too (laughs) but it's like torture for these poor things it's like they're hungry and then they're like what what is this smell i smell like beef and like falafel or whatever we're eating that day yeah and he just kind of kept coming down the path and so we were like had like air horns for bears we're honking our horn then you try to find out where's where's the one missing person? Like where's Johnny? Because <laughs> we've like yes. left one person with the equipment alone. We're like, oh shoot! Like gotta get that guy. <laughs> when you start having to do uh, security safety uh, head check counts, they like that's the again the woods. They're a the problem. They're not a problem. They're not. Yeah. See, that's the thing. You gave him the information. Now he'll never go to the woods again. There you go. <laughs> But you know what? He was a fine fellow. He did end up leaving, um, but it definitely, you know, it puts us on edge a little. And we, I was also like, can we get some shots of him? Daryl, can you get closer? He's like, I don't know, Buckley. Can we do it? And he got, he, they did, they they got a longer lens and tried, but by that time, he, he was just kind of hanging out. It wasn't a good shot, but yeah. yeah, I picture the bear kind of just leaning on his elbow under a tree, <laughs> you know, just relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just like, oh, I hope they leave some stuff. Yeah. Oh, man, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, like we talked, I talked about it before, the the begin the beginning half of this film, especially, and then, of course, with the horror elements, and then also with the resolutions at the end, this film is very much about people dealing with their trauma. And I know that you based some of it on trauma you've gone through. And as when the actors came and you know, did the therapy session as their characters, they brought some of their own trauma. So was this like a very, like when the process was all done, because I know like any independent film is like at the end of it, you're relieved that, oh, we got it done because it's, all the factors are against you. But on top of this, was there kind of like a, like a healing release with the, with the actors and crew? No. No? Okay. (laughs) No, maybe. I thought maybe. <laughs> I like your positivity. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think for me, it was good to just take something that I think has been portrayed in a cliche way or a way that's hard to understand and say like, well, I have this other perspective on it and it's complicated, but this is what feels true to me. And right. just to put that out in the world, something that felt truthful, that feels good. But I think the process, it's just so hard making films. It's just so hard, <laughs> you know, and I was also pregnant. So by the end in the edit, oh in the edit, I was like eight months pregnant. And then it was just like physically hard to be there um, sitting so long because you're just like so big and just I was like, ugh, you know. It's just a lot. <laughs> I would think so. My God. 
Jeez, we got an email in from John T who says, does green sell bear meat? Does at Mr. Green's well, Tasty Meats Green, do we got bear meat? Uh, not currently, but I, I think, uh, I think John, maybe you've, uh, you put a, a little, uh, you know, uh, bug in my ear. Maybe I'll, I'll work on that. Uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll add, but bears are so nice. They look so nice. Like I understand that they can be vicious and I under, and I, I would have been terrified Berkeley. I like, if I like, no, right. It's like, <laughs> they don't attack groups, big groups though. They, they really don't. No, they don't it, ever attack. It's so rare. It's like they are really considering the damage they can do. They're so they choose they choose peace. You know they're mm. they're just they go for shrubs. They go for little bugs under the rock. They're so gentle. And and and, and that's very awesome and very beautiful. It's like when people talk about how many shark attacks there are in the world. I love yeah. sharks, but I don't want to be anywhere near a shark. Yeah. Spiders, I feel the exact same way about bears yeah. and me. Like they're cool. Stay in the tree again. I yeah. stay in cities. They stay in, yeah. in woods. That's yeah, where that's, no. that's, 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 I think that's the key here. Stay yeah, in my yeah. lane. Totally. <laughs> I'm going to stay in my lane where, where I'm good. Yeah. Well, but that's why, that's why I, 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 big props to you guys for going out and doing that and telling an awesome story too, right? Like, yeah. you know, like, well, okay, maybe not awesome is the best way to put that, but like a very well told story. Very. I epic. hope it's an awesome story. Like yeah. that's why it's like, we all go through stuff in life. Let's just talk about it. And like, we're all dealing with something. Exactly. I, I like exactly. that we're, people just admit to that now. No one's trying to like. What's the point of trying to be like? Nothing asks me. I don't care. Like that's not strength. No. You know, it's that's actually a big thing. Uh, I've noticed. I've started to notice over the last like five, ten years a difference, especially in horror movies, which has a tendency to typically talk about trauma because obviously it's inherent in the nature of what they are. But yeah. overseeing this, even in regular dramas and even comedies, people openly talking about their various traumas like it's normalizing it which i think is amazing to do mm -hmm, i think totally. so i wonder yeah. if it coincides with the brene brown um do you guys know brene brown and she did that big ted talk about vulnerability mm. i think it really has shifted the culture a lot because she it really is about how vulnerability is a superpower and it's it's actually the only way to have real connection if you're yeah. basically like fronting and you're like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You're you're not letting anyone close. Yeah. Whereas you're like, I'm hurt. Like this hurt. This was hard. I struggled through this. And I'm awesome. And I do this. Right. Like, people not, can relate I to struggle, better. I'm a loser. Yeah, exactly. I'm a yeah, winner. I struggle. <laughs> yeah, the, the world is way more complicated than, you know, like as much as any one of us may or, you know, like may love a, like a Marvel superhero movie, right? it is much more complicated of a universe than what yeah. we sometimes see on screen in, in films like that, you know, and, uh, oh, they seem to be going through their own struggles there too. They do. I, they think, really you know? in. I think it would be boring if they didn't have their struggle. Obviously. Yeah. Every character, like classic story structure, you're like, what are they, what's their interior battle? What's their exterior battle? Exactly. Where do they come up against each other? Totally. Well, and we get a lot of that in this film here, dark yeah. nature, which is now playing, Across Canada and the U.S. Uh, it opened today. Check it out at theaters. Berkeley, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great talking with you, and we look forward to uh, whatever films you have coming down the pipe. Awesome. Wait, I have to leave. It's over. Wait, I'm anywhere. I'm standing. Too. Okay, so she's so she's gonna review Fast X with us now. All right, so there you go. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it was great talking. You have yourself thank a great you guys night, Berkeley. So much. All right. Thanks, Berkeley. Bye. Bye. Oh, well, we got a couple of other emails in before we hit to commercial. Uh, 
Lenora C. writes, behind the scenes, behind the scenes of Geek Card, that's what we want. Fast 10, wow. Rita Morano still looks good. What a history. Vin nails it. A nine for my rating. Okay. Thank you for your email. William writes in, Fast 10 was very good. I would say a seven and a half. Miss Brady is so talented. Very enjoyable stuff. Thank you very much. And if you want to send an email in with your thoughts on Fast 10, you can uh, send it to geekartshow at gmail.com. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll be giving our review of Fast 10 right here. Geek Card Radio 101. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. When we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. Welcome back to Geek Card right here. On Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here on a fabulous Friday night. Um, Just want to let you guys know that, you know, we review films here on the show, but every once in a while, I also review films on the website. Um, actually stay tuned for next week. I'll be dropping my review on about my father. Yes, we are actually covering about my father, just not on the show. Uh, <laughs> or is it the Patreon exclusive? Find out. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash geekard. <laughs> but, uh, definitely go to geekardshow.com throughout the week. And we have fun articles there as well, especially, uh, with the, also with new comic picks. You can find out what's happening on this week's show there. Uh, it's uh, a lot of fun. And you can find, of course, podcast, all the podcasts there yep. as well. So that's geekhardshow.com. Let's get into our review now of mm. Fast 10, directed by Louis Leteri, written by Dan Mazzo and Justin Lin. Hey, he used to direct these. Based on characters created by Gary Scott Thompson, produced by One Race Films, Original Film, and Perfect Storm Entertainment, and distributed by Universal Pictures. Here to read the synopsis. For a film about family, it's uh, it's our resident family man, all the way from Yonkers, Jimmy the Shorter to Cook. Hey, how's it going there? It's going okay. You? It's, uh, you know, it's going all right. It's going all right. It's been a busy day. Oh, busy day here at work. A lot of fucking people eating today. I'm complaining. I ain't complaining. It's a lot of fucking people. So what we got here? We got the Fast, the fast 10, Fast X. All righty. The end of the road begins. That's a shitty sentence right there. How about it's the the 
this I don't know, it's just the end of the road begins that just end and begins. That's bad writing. Over many missions and against impossible odds, Dom Toretto and his family have outsmarted, outnerved, and outdriven every foe in their path. Yeah, no, it's amazing they're still alive. And some of them aren't, but are. Now they confront the most lethal opponent they've ever faced, a terrifying threat emerging from the shadows of the past who fueled who's fueled by bloody revenge and who is determined to shatter this family and destroy everything and everyone that Dom loves forever. You know, it's like that uh it's like that uh robot chicken. That robot chicken G.I. Joe sketch where uh a guy joins Cobra and he kills all the Joes and and Duke's like, Just kill me, you've killed everything I love. And the guy goes, no, you get to live. That's kind of what that sentiment's like right there. You know? It's a very deep cut. That's right. Robot chicken. I used to really enjoy that. I showed it to my kids. They enjoyed it too. That Seth Green is a genius. I okay, didn't bye. realize we were going to hear that. I never thought I'd hear Seth Green as a genius. Well, you heard it now, all right? Well, okay, all right. guys. All right. Thanks, I'm going to have myself a good night, and I'm probably going to watch some Robot Chicken. I hope uh, uh, Okay. maybe I'll even eat some chicken while I watch the Robot Chicken. Okay, that's cool, man. You like We're good. We're good. Yeah, that better be fucking cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. All right, see you. There goes Jimmy. Okay. Wow, he's very uh, big fan of robot chicken, apparently. Yeah, oh, and chicken, and he yeah. amped, amped up tonight. Um, when it, yeah, his blood is always up. That's uh, uh, well, you know, kind of his way. So, yeah. So, Fast mm. Ten, Fast X, mm-hmm. the tenth Fast film. Mister Green, what are your thoughts on yeah. the movie? Okay, as uh, going into this quick little backstory, uh, I'm a big fan of the series overall. Uh, I've enjoyed it for what it is. Right, Andrew, on the other hand, not so much. Okay, well, it's because when we got, when we started covering them on the show, mm-hmm. I was enjoying it for what it was. But then it became even repetitive in that. So it became diminishing returns in what it was. You know, and we've had this discussion, and, and I totally understand where you're coming from. I yeah. 100% I do, right? Yeah. And I also understand where like some of our listeners have already who have already sent in their uh, their comments and reviews about the film where they're coming from right like it's yeah, no, as no, long, I, get as, why, as, I get why they like it yeah yeah as longtime fans of the franchise you know it's it's uh you know there's a thing about it you know for various re- whether you know like originally it was all you know for the gearheads you know and then it was you know like the whole well the first film's kind of basically a point break uh you know rip off and that's fine you know mm. who cares um but all that stuff. And then it just goes and it, and it just gets kind of wacky, you know, wackadoo. And, you know, and uh, I saw, so I saw somebody recently, uh, I think it was on, uh, on TikTok actually. Yeah. It was TikTok making fun of the titling and how yeah. they, it, there's no structure to the titling. The fast right? and the furious, too fast, too furious, fast, fat, the fast and furious, Tokyo drift, fast and furious, fast five, the fast and the furious six, furious seven, the fate of the furious F nine. And now fast, Ten or Fast X. Yeah, depending on how you want to look at it, right? Yeah. So it's like there's it's 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 there's no structure to no. it, you know. Um, other than like car motifs, some version of Fast and Furious. Although F nine sounds more like a computer command. It does. Oh, you know, or you know the the ultimate wrestling move. Um, but the uh, going into this, um, you, you guys want behind the scenes. There there was some heated discussions. 
as we get in, went into this week because uh, uh, Andrew had forgotten that this was the movie coming up for this week. Yeah, more um, on that later. Yeah, uh, but going into this, you know, like I, like I was pretty excited. Then I found out that it was almost three hours long, and I was like, well, you know, I'm a very pro ninety minute guy less than two hours that's where i like to live but there are some great exceptional films that are over three hours right like that just that's just the way the world works <laughs> yes there are but none of them have fast and furious in their title <laughs> that is also a fair point now we got an email in from ray b just to jump in here Sure. hey andrew and mr green writing in again i agree with the both of you on this so a five Behind the scenes, please. We'll get to that. Your yeah. thoughts on the movie, Green? Yeah. So here it is, guys. Um, God damn, I hated this film so much. It was just like, you know what? This, you know what? Okay. You know what the problem with this film is? Is that it? It is. It is trying to tell a story which I'm kind of interested in. Okay, I'm kind of interested in this idea of revenge from, uh, you know, from a past foe's offspring, as it were, right? Like Jason Momoa as the villain is the most interesting thing in this film. And mostly because he's so, like, he is in a different, he's in a different movie. He's in a completely different movie. This, you know what this reminds me? Uh, um, uh, I, I think I'm going to get the character's name wrong. Uh, was it Silva? The the character that uh, Javier Bardem played in um, the uh, the Bond film. Oh, in no. um, yeah, in uh, what's it called? Uh, Skyfall. Yes. You I know, can't remember his name. It might be Silva. That yeah. was probably one of my favorite Bond villains. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I see like there's there's. I, I, they're, they're not the same villain, but there's like, I can see some similar because of the tonal shifts as in each, even in the same scene, things are changing and shifting. And, and part of that is that's supposed to be part of that character. And I'm really cool with that. The sad part is, is that every single time Vin Diesel comes on screen, the film takes a nosedive, like right off a cliff into the water, through the chasms of the earth, into the core. It's just like, oh, I was so bored watching this movie. There's a million explosions. There's a million people in it. There is a million attempts at misdirection and and red herrings, which are all easily seen through. And may I say all of which those things you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. they've done better in other fast movies. Yes. So even now the stunts, which is what people go for, is now also not as good as it once before. It's now become diminishing returns with the stunts. The special effects in this film were atrocious, were atrocious. There are scenes in which it clearly looks like the actors are on green screen, Mm. right? Because of whatever, like maybe the shot that day didn't work out and they had to redo it to get the right lighting for the angles that they wanted, whatever. I was just like, oh man, all of that being said, the other major factor in this film is the fact that it's 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 a cliffhanger ending. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And it's 2 years until the next film. 
Well, because they have to make another three-hour movie, you know. That's, like it's uh... it's it's insanity to me. But this is like when people complained, you know, like some people would complain about uh, the uh, the two towers from Lord of the Rings because it's the middle film, right? And that was a built prequel, or sorry, uh, uh, a trilogy uh, series. So it, the second film ends in a specific type of way, right? Mm-hmm. This ends, you know, because they need to do that. But it's like I I would have had more appreciation the way that this film ends, which is a ridiculous ending to say the least on uh, both endings. Or sorry, three. But of all of that, it's the I gotta wait two years. If it was six months, okay, cool. Right, right. Okay, well, let me just jump in. I was gonna say my piece. Then we're gonna yes. give our rating. Then we're gonna go to commercial. Yeah. Then we're gonna get on to our interview. Yes. So I almost didn't go. I debated all week about, fuck it. I'm not going to go. I don't want to see this movie. I'm not going to go. But You're going to pull me. You're going to pull me. Yeah, but then I thought, you know what? No, no. I'll go see it. I'll go see mm-hmm. it. I went and saw the film. Mm-hmm. And it is a parody of its own franchise. Every character that's been a former villain becomes a friend, becomes part of the family. Yeah. People come back from the dead. None of them have superpowers. This isn't the Marvel Universe, which the Marvel, we talked about back with Ant-Man, that the Marvel Universe had had a lot of the same sort of problems at the moment of being a parody of itself. Here it is with these where they're doing these outlandish things, and now the stunts aren't as good, and they have the audacity, the audacity to try to make a case for that in the middle of the movie. There is a mini trial of the fast movies within this movie where one character presents all of its flaws and the other character goes, but it's about family. That was their fucking answer. That was their fucking answer. I'm never going to see fast 10 part two. I don't care if green says we're watching. I'm not watching it. You can bring in people to talk during that time. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will go and read a comic for that segment. I'll take my time off of that. And yeah, uh, next week is my birthday show. It'll be on my birthday. We'll be celebrating my birthday because, you know, we don't take days off here at Geek Card. No days off. So we're celebrating my birthday on the show. If Green brings me a show, a movie of this shitty a caliber, I'm not fucking watching it. So what do you say? See it in theaters? Wait no. till Don't Re- see it. Exactly. Rewatch all of the other films. All of them, even the, the even the crappy ones, are better than this. If you want to go see a movie this weekend and it's playing in your area, go see Blackberry. It is one of the best films of the year. That is my rating. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Sam Carney about Nation Untamed right here. Geek Card, Battle Radio 101. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. 
now, right back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card. I'm in a calmer state now. Shit. I think we're ready for our next guest. Uh, he is a filmmaker um, who has a 13-episode series debuting on May 27th on APTN, Nation Untamed, and we're going to have him tell us all about it. Welcome to the program, Sam Carney. Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is wonderful. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, I got a chance to watch some of Nation Untamed and uh, really enjoy this kind of reconnecting not only with your roots story, but there's also, of course, learning how to live off the land and a really nice father and son journey. So for people who haven't heard about Nation Untamed yet, although I've given a sprinkling of what it's about, what is it about? <laughs> you, you kind of touched on on, on the, the main points there, but uh, uh, no, essentially it's it's just a way to kind of um, to, to to show people that there's there's still a lot of indigenous people out there who are who are living these lifestyles, who are still hunting, trapping, fishing, gathering, all these things, and I, and I think we do it with like a, a pretty soft touch. We're not a political political show. We're not really going down that route, and um, but I think it's just important to show people that, you know, this is kind of where we all came from, regardless of of uh, what your background or ancestry is. Uh, someone once told me, no matter who you are, we all wore feathers at one point. So there you go. So, yeah. And then bringing my old man along. Well, that was just a bonus because he's the one who kind of taught me. Uh, uh, he's he's not native. He, he's actually pure, pure uh, bred Ukrainian. Um, but he's the one who, who taught me everything I knew about the, uh, about the wilderness. So it was nice for him to kind of see how other people do it. Yeah, that, that, that's, uh, it's, it's amazing how, you know, we, we so quickly forget, like, I know it's obviously, you know, to your point, right? Like at some point, every culture mm -hmm. has come from the same place, regardless of how that the last few thousand years have transpired to get us to where we are today you know, talking, using computers across, you know, across the country. Um, it's amazing how we, a lot of people today still hold on to that, that, uh, that division, those, those, you know, the, those tribalism mentalities, you know, splitting us all up. And, you know, and I think it's really cool that to, to go back and, and, and kind of take a look at that and see like, where we all come from and and other people are coming from to, to have, give us that opportunity to learn about me, you know, uh, a culture that we are not familiar with, you know, like mm -hmm. myself in particular, right? Like, I think that's very, very important for the world today. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and, you know, and, and with the way things are going in the last couple of years, it's, it's probably not the worst idea for people to be learning a few of these skills, <laughs> um, but, you know, like whether it's from watching our show, you know, I, I always say, uh, uh, no matter no matter what show I'm working on, um, whatever the topic is, it's like I hope to give people just enough that they can go explore a topic on their own if they're truly interested. So, you know, maybe maybe people watch this show, they'll be like, hey, maybe I want to go harvest some wild race. Maybe I'd like to, you know, learn how to fish. So that, that that's that's kind of the, the main focus. And it's just, you know, the, the biggest way to combat uh racism and ignorance is to just introduce people to something they don't understand and i'm that was kind of kind of the mission from from day one like i said it, it's not political in any in any way shape or form but i just hope to give people an understanding that like that there's people that do this and yeah. it's important 
No, totally. Yeah, it's definitely not political. It's definitely much more focusing on kind of the communal, mm-hmm. like the, the, the community and what, you know, generations, generations passing down this way of life, which I thought was kind of beautiful. We just did a review of Fast 10, and they say that film's about family. It's not fucking about family. No. This is a show about family. Yeah. And uh, I, I was really amazed at, of course, all the different places you went and all the experiences you had. But you actually, you ended up... Uh, coming on to the uh the habitat of a lot of different animals during this and some of the situations were kind of hairy some of the situations were much more you got to enjoy the moment like i know you guys when you guys got to 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 see the cougar the mountain lion that was that was a that was an amazing moment so for you when it comes to all the experiences with the animals you've encountered what was probably your favorite um well like you like you alluded to the uh the mountain lion that was Honestly, that that was a really, really difficult day, and we honestly didn't think that we were going to find a, a mountain lion. And uh, it was the sun was going down, and it was dropping below zero, and we we managed to managed to find what we were looking for. Uh, and then we had about a seven kilometer walk back in the dark to where we parked the parked the trucks, but it was worth it. Um, and then just everything like um, we had a really, really great experience in the Yukon um hunting uh doll sheep um probably <laughs> probably physically hardest thing i've ever had to do um they call it the hardest hunt in the world for a reason um and then just yeah and then just being just kind of out in the land and all these different places that we got to go the east coast um the arctic a couple times uh with the inuit just it's it's kind of hard to even in put one above above the others because the whole thing was just was really rewarding and um and the, the great thing is you just i'm still in contact with so many of these people that we that we got to hang out with which is really cool like i got an email you know yesterday from a guy in in uh, northern quebec that's nice. awesome yeah he's just like hey i'm at the cabin i'm just thinking about you guys because it's been a year since you were here yeah that's like, ah, nice to hear that's really yeah, cool yeah, yeah i i you know honestly like thinking about uh coming up against animals and stuff like that you know and especially as a and i actually i was talking about this earlier on the show like it being a very city born city bred love concrete love asphalt you know kind of a person mm-hmm. the idea of going out and looking for certain animal like a cougar <laughs> just defies my understanding mm-hmm. of of human nature uh like what? he doesn't even want to go to the clubs and find a cougar. You know? <laughs> That's how much he doesn't want to get out into that yeah. kind of nature. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I see. It there. I have a window. That's good enough for me. That's uh, I'm allowed one window. That's uh, in my life. No, I, I'm just like, you know, th- that kind of those kinds of experience. Like it, it, clearly mm-hmm. from the show and, and what you're describing. Like obviously, it's it's a very, you know, uh, uh, impactful and deep experience, right? But it's just like it is. It's still kind of like. Did you ever? F- like, was there any sense of, of fear or, you know, or anything like that when you're in those situations? Like, did you, did that, and you overcame that? Like, is that just, or you were just like very confident that we're doing, like, we're going to do well here. Well, the thing is like, I, I spent the first 18 years of my life um, doing a lot of these things with my dad, because we are from rural Manitoba, small community. And then I moved to Winnipeg and I've been living in the city for probably almost as long now. Um, so I've always had a healthy respect and for nature and animals and, and not a whole lot has really 
got me worried on the show um except for like i alluded to earlier the, the yukon just because like there was some there was probably some stuff that our insurance company should not know about that we that we had to do in that show and there was moments where i was like well if i'm gonna die i guess this is as good a place as in any there <laughs> you a, go you know like I'm, I'm in a beautiful part of the world you know they can bring a helicopter and they can pull me out if they have to but worth it and for others what a story that's what it would have been it's like <laughs> <Great>. exactly <laughs> if you're gonna go out go out on top literally oh yeah. man well, yeah. yeah. Would you, if if that had happened, would you have wanted them to uh, have finished editing the series and oh. put it out as your like epitaph? Hundred percent. I'll do the do the Anthony Bourdain. Make a Thank season. You. Make a season with them. Yeah, that's fine. Oh my God! Now, of course, in this you are. It's from your perspective, and so you're giving uh, first person narration throughout it. But not only in English, you actually also recorded it in French, Mitchef, which uh, of course is. Uh, the Métis language and something that you talk about in the show that you knew some of it, but you were gradually learning more as the show progressed. Yeah. That was a, that was a hell of a task. Basically taking a language that only, I think maybe 500 people in the world speak. Um, That we, we're lucky to find, we have one really good translator in Winnipeg um and and language coach so she she translated everything that i said in the show in uh in english into into machif but luckily she wrote it in an anglicized manner oh, okay. um, which is good because like you know i've like many people in canada i've got high school french you know yeah. i'm actually in montreal working right now and it's like you know even ordering a beer is hard <laughs> uh, so yeah so she had to translate that and we just sat in like the first couple episodes were nightmare it took like two days um to get one done and i was like oh my god this is all my weekends all my free time this is awful um and then we just then we just kind of hit a stride where we could we could voice an entire episode in probably three or four hours oh that's cool. Nice. Um, just the words started to make like i still don't know what the hell i was saying um but the pronunciation just started to make sense and, and things started to to roll and gain more confidence. And like, who knows if, if we do a second season, I'm probably going to be starting from zero again because I've probably forgotten everything that I had learned. <laughs> Cause you know, if you don't use it, you don't yeah, use it, yeah. you're going to lose it. Eh? You lose it totally. Oh, but, uh, hey, you know, like a super bonus, uh, you know, awesomeness of that is, you know, of course, is that that's a living record now of, mm. of, of the language being used, which, you know, to your point, only having 500 people in the world, you know, roughly know how to speak it, yeah. you know, and I, and I, I've heard and read some, you know, stories over the years about uh, First Nations that, that the, the language, the culture of language within the, those, uh, those nations mm. is diminishing so much that having something like this, I think has got to be like, you know, for the culture a, a very big positive oh yeah and and and, and people i think are, are are grateful that um definitely that we did it like it, it definitely it wasn't the plan when we started it was kind of uh i don't know if you're familiar with the the canada media fund and telefilm but they basically kind of made us do it <laughs> um, but uh some days I, I feel like it'd be easier to make television in any other country than canada but um but it was a uh, it was ultimately a rewarding experience despite all the bitching and and kvetching along the way. But because uh, like the last person who spoke Machif in my family died in in 1987, the year I was wow. born. So wow. that language has basically kind of gone extinct on my uh, my mom's side of the family. 
So it was it was it was kind of fun because I, I connected with some older um some older aunties and uncles who, you know, they remember the family speaking speaking the language um back, you know, in the, the 50s and 60s and, and 70s. So so that was, you know, it, it kind of brought that a little bit closer, which was was kind of nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So of course the series Nation Untamed, it's uh premiering on May 27th. Uh, 2023 at 8 p.m. on APTN. It's 13 half-hour episodes, so they're going to be running weekly on Saturdays. Then that's correct, and then then rerun uh, the following Sunday, I believe, at two or two thirty in the afternoon. I should probably know this, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely, if people want to check it out, check it out on APTN. Uh, definitely, really interesting, in-depth look at uh, living off the land. It's it's very very beautiful. Uh, thank you so much, Sam, for coming on the Thanks, program guys. tonight, man. This is wonderful. Thanks for having me. I, I like I like doing these Thursday things. So, well, that's fantastic. Awesome. Well, you have yourself a good night, man. You too. Go order yourself hey, a beer. Yeah. Oh, I will be. Oh, <laughs> 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 right. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. So that was Sam Carney. You can check out Nation Untamed on APTN uh, starting May twenty seventh, Saturday nights at eight p.m. and then two p.m. on Sunday afternoons. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. We've, we've, given we've done you... a lot of wilderness on the show tonight mixed with cars. That's basically yeah. <laughs> And what did we learn from all of this? The as wilderness mu- as, is way better. <laughs> as much as I am loath to admit that in my normal day-to-day life tonight, the wilderness wins out. The wilderness won right there, and we're winners too because of it. So we're going to finish off the show right now. Mr. Green, why don't you tell the good folks where they can find us? Uh, absolutely. If you like what we do here, you can always find additional content over at patreon.com slash For everybody who participates in that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. It is Thanks. getting much harder to uh, uh, to live in a world uh, like we do today for advertising. So anybody who helps out with that, we thank you guys. And for those of you who don't, that's super cool. We understand. You know, it'd be cooler if you joined us. Joined us. It'd be a lot cooler for show costs if you joined. Us. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> it would. Um, but you know, like like I said, we get it. Uh, you can always find additional content, of course, through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geek Card Show on any of those platforms, and you'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, Geek Card Show. Dot com for more news reviews that Andrew alluded to earlier that he's been doing on some movies over the last little while and coming up very shortly. And of course the podcast version of this very show is available through that site Mondays after 2 PM. But of course, if you're super forgetful, like I am, and you know, you didn't listen to us live tonight, which why didn't you? Um, the best way to ensure you hear us every week is to do what Andrew is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, beat the iTunes, the Apple podcast, Google podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. And please, while you're there, leave a five-star rating review because help with the analytics. And more people to know about us, the further we will go. Absolutely. And, of course, if you just want to continue the conversation with us, uh, you can always email us at geekartshow at gmail.com. I want to thank Sam Carney and uh, Berkeley Brady for coming on the show tonight. For Berkeley Brady, for Dark Nature, not for Fast 10. For Sam Carney, for Nation Untamed, for Mr. Green, and for you're in the booth to... This is Andrew Young saying, next week's my birthday, so you better listen to the show. And if you're going to geek out, geek hard.
thank you for listening to Key Card with your host, Andrew Young and Mr. Green, right here on Reality Radio 101.